Sound of Football with your host, Colin Summer, brought to you by WHIP. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Down to Football back with another episode. How is everyone doing on this fine day? It is a Tuesday, and we have concluded week two of the NFL season. It was a good week of football. Starting to get back in the mix of things. A lot of teams winning, a lot of teams losing, a lot of surprise players, a lot of surprise teams. Again, only week two, so uh, some things will flood out. A couple of undefeated teams that aren't necessarily going to finish well. Well, actually, you never really know. But we'll find out as the weeks keep coming along, and we have a lot of potentially breakout players that I will be discussing at one point in time during this podcast. But it is week two, we have just finished, and we are moving on to week three, and we will be doing an episode every single week. I miss doing this. I love football. I'm glad that I'm back. And let's jump right into it. You know what we're going to get kicked off with here, no pun intended. We got our weekly recap, picked out three games that I believe were the most entertaining during the week. So first off, we've got the Cardinals-Vikings game. This was a wild finish. I'll explain why after I go through a little bit of the statistics. So first of all, Kyler Murray, 29 of 36, 400 yards, three touchdowns. Did throw two picks, but he is looking like an early MVP candidate to no surprise, really. I think a lot of people had that expectation. He also added five carries for 31 yards and a touchdown. Not much on the ground game. Connor, James Conner and Chase Edmonds combined for 16 carries and 72 yards. So nothing crazy. No touchdowns from them. Uh, when I was briefly talking about breakout candidates, I was speaking of somebody like Rondale Moore, who I wish the Saints would have drafted. But they didn't. He goes for seven catches, 114 yards, and one touchdown. Hopkins and A.J. Green. A.J. Green, for those who don't know, is now on the Arizona Cardinals. They combined for one touchdown each. Or, well, they both had one touchdown each, uh, so combined for two touchdowns. Defense didn't really do much. No turnovers, just one sack. And on the Vikings side of things, Kirk Cousins, another solid game from him, even though they didn't get the win. 22 of 32 with 244 yards and three touchdowns, no turnovers. Davin Cook exploded in this game for 22 carries, 131 yards. Uh, K.J. Osborne, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen all had a touchdown each, combining for the three touchdowns that Kirk Cousins threw. Uh, On the defensive side, Daniel Hunter, he compiled three sacks. He had quite the game. The defense also had two interceptions. Uh, Not how the Vikings would have hoped uh, they would have lost this game. They obviously wish they won this game. They drive all the way down in the closing seconds. Uh, 37-yard field goal, Greg Joseph uh, just completely misses. Heartbreaking. (laughs) Gives them Blair Walsh memories, I'm sure, from the playoffs against the Seahawks. Definitely, again, not how they wanted to finish this game. And the Cardinals remain undefeated, backed by a solid performance from Kyler Murray and company. In the next game, we got the Titans-Seahawks. This one went into overtime. Now, I'll t- Derrick Henry was relatively stifled in the first half, but we'll get to him in a sec. Ryan Tannehill went 27 for 40, 347 yards, no touchdowns, no turnovers. Kind of a quiet game from him in terms of scoring, but he did 
throw for 300 plus yards. Derrick Henry, King Henry, uh, why he's called King Henry. The man went off 35 carries for 182 yards and three touchdowns and also getting involved in the passing game with six catches for 55 yards. Uh, A wild game from him. He absolutely carried the load in this one. Julio Jones had six catches for 128 yards and no one else really did much receiving wise. The defense had three sacks total, no turnovers. On the Seahawks, 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 Seahawks side of the ball, the R- Russell Wilson had 22 completions out of 31 attempts, 343 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers, a solid game from him. Uh, Chris Carson relatively stuffed most of the game. He had 13 carries for 31 yards, but did have two touchdowns, uh, so the scores are obviously important. Tyler Lockett again having a break, uh, an insane game, eight catches for 178 yards and added a touchdown. Tight, I believe he's a tight end. Freddie Swain, probably a name you've never heard, had five catches for sixty for sixty for ninety-five yards and a touchdown. The defense had three sacks and one fumble recovery. Uh, solid game from the defense, although they did allow thirty-three points. DK Metcalf relatively unheard of in this game. Uh, something to keep an eye out on. He's had two quiet games in a row now. Hopefully, he can uh, end that bad luck streak. I guess in the next game. Um, but this game went into overtime and the Titans end up getting the dub. Uh, this was truthfully Derrick Henry's game to win. I, I mean, he absolutely went off. I'll, I'll, the stats speak for itself. I don't have to continue. And then the last game that I have was the Rams Colts game. The Rams win by three of a score 27 to 24 Matt Stafford continuing to look very solid in a Rams uniform. 19 for 30, 278 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Not the craziest game, but still got the job done. Daryl Henderson had 13 carries for 53 yards and a touchdown. He also added three catches for 29 yards. Uh, Solid game from him. I know he had a rib injury towards the end of the game, so Sonny Michelle came in, and I believe he had 10 10 carries for 46 yards. No touchdowns, though. Cooper Cup, again, exploding in week two with nine catches, 163 yards, and two touchdowns. He has quickly become Matt Stafford's favorite target. Uh, Robert Woods staying relatively quiet. Uh, Usually he's very consistent, but Stafford has taken a liking to Cup. So uh, fantasy owners of Cooper Cup, congratulations. Uh, The defense had three sacks, two interceptions, a solid day. Carson Wentz went 20 for 31 for 247 yards, one touchdown, and one pick. Unfortunately, towards the end of the game, he did get hurt. Apparently, he is dealing with injuries to both of his ankles. Uh, Something to monitor, especially considering he wasn't really... We didn't know if he was going to start week one or not because he did have a foot injury, so I'm wondering if any of that original foot injury is being affected. Otherwise, for right now, we just know that it is injuries to both ankles. The team had 26 carries for 109 yards as a total, no touchdowns. So uh, the yards were there, but nothing crazy scoring-wise for the running backs, uh, running game as a whole, really. Michael Pittman, uh, again, another receiver to keep an eye out of. Uh, it could very well have a breakout year. He had eight catches for 123 yards. No scores, but still a very solid day. Zach Pascal had five catches for 38 yards and added a score. The defense had one sack, one interception, and one fumble recovery. Unfortunately, it just wasn't enough to contain the Rams. The Rams, Titans, and Cardinals all get the win this week. 
And those are the recaps. And we already touched on two of the players of the week. I have three, a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver. I will say the people I already said. But Derrick Henry obviously has to be a player of the week. He totaled 237 yards, three touchdowns, 182 on the ground, 55 in the air. I mean, he absolutely snapped in this game. What else is there to say? He's 100% a player of the week. And again, Cooper Cup, nine catches, 163 yards, two touchdowns, has been one of the best receivers so far this season. Uh, again, Matt Stafford developing a great connection with him early into the season. Uh, that could be great for them down the run. And then the last guy is just a lot of people are unwilling to admit that this guy is the greatest of all time, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. They're unwilling to admit that he is continuing to perform at an extremely high level uh, despite his age. He is a wonder to this game. It's incredible what he's done, and to say the least, actually. Uh, amazing player. Uh, you know, I used to, I used to, I've always respected him, but I hate the fact that he won all the time. But at this point, it's just, it marvels me. But Tom Brady, at 44 years of age, in this game, he went 24 for 36 with 276 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, he is just playing out of his mind right now. He does, and again, you know, he has a great supporting cast. So, you know, people will probably discredit him and say, oh, well, it's expected, which it's, that's, no, no. I totally disagree with that. He's 44 years old, named the last quarterback. He was 44, year old, 44 years old doing this. And then we can have a discussion. Incredible what he's doing. But yes, players of the week, Derek Henry, Cooper Cup, Tom Brady, congratulations. And that is kind of everything for week one. Now moving on, we are going to hop on the waiver wire for fantasy football. I have three guys, a running back, wide receiver, and quarterback that could potentially still be on the waiver wire that 100% need to be picked up. One, I will start with the quarterback, Derek Carr. A lot of people probably didn't draft him, uh, potentially might have drafted him as a backup quarterback for whoever their starter is, but it's time to get him in a starting role. He has thrown for 435 yards and 382 yards, respectively, between two different games, and has added two touchdowns in each of those games. This offense looks like it's very pass-heavy, and he could be a solid streaming option if you decide to pick him up, but realistically, he could start for your team because there's other quarterbacks who have probably been slightly underwhelming so far. Uh, if you're looking for a quarterback, definitely go see if this guy is out there. He is going to get so much volume uh, in terms of how much he is going to throw. The defense isn't that great, so obviously they're going to either be playing from behind or in a shootout pretty much every single game. Um, and the running back situation is a little awry right now. Can Drake really not doing much? Josh Jacobs is, is hurt right now. Uh, so, yeah, 100% Derek Carr needs to be picked up if he's out there. Yeah, running back. Now, this one is a name you probably would have been like, you know what, it's 2015. I like this pick. Quarterell Patterson, what a story he's been. So, we all used to know him as, you know, punt returner, kick returner, wide receiver. Very Devin Hester-esque, obviously not to the same extent. But always had the talent, but just never had the smarts, never really learned the roles, uh, blah, blah, blah. But he has returned. Uh, he's kind of lingered since since his early seasons when he did break out. 
Uh, and now he's converted to a running back who gets a lot, who has a great pass catching ability. Um, you know, right now the Falcons offense has Mike Davis. Mike Davis, obviously not your premier running back one, but with this Atlanta Falcons team constantly finding themselves down, Cordero Patterson has actually found a huge role in Atlanta. So through two weeks, he has 21 total touches, 14 rushes for 65 yards and a touchdown, and he's also added seven catches for 71 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's put up, I believe, around 28 points fantasy-wise. You know, that's an average of 14 points a week. Now, I'm not saying this is a, he's a plug-and-play, obviously great, you know, it, it's very, very matchup dependent, but... I do think that as the weeks go along and as the Falcons continue to get blown out, the volume is going to be there. So if you are struggling to find a decent bench person, Cordero Patterson is likely out there. So give him a shot, see what he does, see if the volume stays consistent. Uh, I would highly recommend, you know, when it comes to fantasy football, you don't care if their team wins. You just want the player to do good. Cordero Patterson could very well be that guy, uh, you know, you have a player on a bye week, and he happens to be in a good matchup. You could very well start him and see what happens. Uh, but I do think he deserves to be rostered in, in any format league, 12-man league, 10-man league, PPR standard, bonus leagues, does not matter. I would definitely pick him up if you have an open bench spot or if you're looking to get rid of one of your bench players for somebody who's a little more consistent. And then my last guy, wide receiver, Talking about breakouts, we have Rondell Moore. Obviously, the Cardinals' offense is very pass-heavy. They have Chase Edmonds and James Conner in there at running back, obviously. But they aren't necessarily doing too, too much, uh, at least through two weeks. But the reason why I say pick up Rondell Moore is because this has obviously looked like a very, very pass-heavy offense. A.J. Green started to get involved last week. DeAndre Hopkins is always getting targets. Tight end Max Williams was getting targets. Christian Kirk gets targets. I mean, Kyler Murray is going to be throwing anywhere between 30 to 40 times each game, uh, depending on game script and, you know, whether they're blowing teams out, etc. But I'm looking at Rondale Moore as the number two behind Hopkins, A.J. Green's kind of just a filler guy. He's not really out there every single snap. He's kind of just playing his own role. Christian Kirk obviously has a couple years uh, under his belt behind uh, or with with Kyle Murray, a quarterback. So you might think Christian Kirk's the number two, but I could very, very well see Rondale Moore, uh, you know, escalating and becoming uh, the number two behind Hopkins. So, so far throughout two weeks, he only has 11 catches, uh, but he has had 13 targets, so that catch percentage is definitely important. Uh, He seems to be reeling everything in that comes his way, Uh, but he's compiled 182 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Very, very solid statistics through two weeks. Uh, Nothing that you can really complain about, but the reason why I think picking him up if he's still out there is oh so important is because if you are doing a keeper league, this is a guy that you should 100% look to pick up and stash. Whether he starts for you or not, if you have an open bench spot or if you have somebody who's even just all right, is a good bench piece, you must replace him with Rondell Moore. This guy could be one of the best keepers fantasy has this year. You know, there's other guys that, you know, I'm looking at like Michael Pittman, uh, depending on where he was drafted in your league, he could be a very solid keeper this coming season. Uh, 
I'm really hoping Elijah Moore breaks out as well. I think there's plenty of time for him to. It obviously is heavily dependent on Zach Wilson. But we know that we see the Jets as a very bad franchise and never being able to accomplish anything, or at least it's been a long time since they have. But Elijah Moore doesn't have does have the intangibles to be a breakout player. Uh, other receivers to keep note of, you know, you also have Rashad Bateman whenever he comes back from his respective injury. Uh, a couple, of, I know a couple of leagues were, or not leagues, but fantasy football sites were very high on Amon Ross St. Brown because uh, he got into fights and the coach loved it and uh, he has barely seen any volume throughout the first couple of weeks. So he's at this point droppable until he proves that he can break out one game and see if he can stay somewhat consistent. But I do believe by the end of this season, Rondale Moore might end up being the best keeper, as a wide receiver at least. He looks fantastic so far. He looks, you know, if anyone saw the really long touchdown he had uh, against the um, Vikings this weekend when Christian Kirk was blocking for him, so on and so on. He was so hype. He loves his role. It, it appears that he's loving what he's doing in Arizona, and I'm sure Kyler Murray and the coaching staff are loving it as well. But 100% Rondale Moore, in just in essence, just needs to be on a roster at this point. There's no reason he shouldn't. Now, again, same situation as some of the other guys. I'm not saying that you should pick him up and start him immediately. That's not what I'm saying. You want to pick him up, if you got an open spot, or even if you want to take a risk, see if he can maintain some, you know, some floor of consistency, whether he's getting, you know, see if he can grab, you know, five of seven targets each week. It's something to just keep an eye out for. And by the end of the season, he could be one of, a steal. He could absolutely be a steal, and he could be a keeper in your league. So definitely just keep your eyes out for him and stay focused on him. But those are my three guys that you should look at the waiver wire for right now. Cordell Patterson, Derek Carr, and Rondale Moore. Now moving on, we have the undefeated. So far, we have seen quite a few teams lose. We have also seen a handful of teams not lose. We have seven teams who are currently undefeated as we speak. Teams of which are... The Cardinals, Raiders, Panthers, Broncos, Bucks, Rams, 49ers. And I'm deciding this coming week, week three of football, who will maintain their win streak and stay undefeated and who will lose. Now, I have five teams winning and keeping their undefeated streak alive. I have two teams that will lose. So again, Cardinals, Raiders, Panthers, Broncos, Bucks, Rams, 49ers. And I will tell you the matchups, and I will tell you whether I believe they will win or lose. And we will see if I am right. So first off, we got the Cardinals against the Jaguars. I think it's very self-explanatory unless the Jags pull off some absolutely miraculous upset. I have the Cardinals winning this game. I don't see how they lose. Anything can happen on any given week, on any given Sunday, obviously. But the Cardinals, I'm saying, win this game, and I'm feeling very confident in that. Now, the next matchup could be tight, except Tua is now hurt. 
Uh, so we don't know what that offense is going to look like. Jacoby, I mean, they just got shut out last week against Bill. So I don't see how the Raiders could lose this week. Again, anything can happen. But I do have the Raiders staying alive and winning against the Dolphins. So, so far, Cardinals win against Jags. Raiders win against Dolphins. Both would move to 3-0. and As a Saints fan, I obviously hate to say this, but it's the truth. The Panthers have looked very good so far. They absolutely dominated the Saints. They beat the Jets. And now they play the Texans. And especially if Tyrod Taylor does not play because it is looking like he is not going to play because he has a hamstring injury. And I actually did just get an update on my phone as we are speaking that Davis Mills has been officially named the starter for week three. So, with Davis Mills starting, who knows what could happen. The Texans are obviously a super dysfunctional team. Uh, The whole Deshaun Watson situation, no more J.J. Watt, no more Hopkins. Uh, That team just went downhill so quick. But I do have the Panthers winning. I believe it is the Thursday night football game this week. And I believe the Panthers will win and continue their win streak and move to 3-0 as well. I have two more teams that are going to win. We have the Broncos against the Jets. The Jets look like the typical Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson, I believe, threw four picks last week. Definitely something you don't want your rookie quarterback doing. Uh, I'm not saying this is going to determine his future. Obviously, you know, Payne Manning had an awful rookie year, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm not saying he's Payne Manning, but there's time. There's plenty of time. But the Broncos, I do believe, will win against the Jets. The Broncos have actually looked pretty solid so far. Haven't had any crazy intimidating matchups. They did play the Giants, but they kind of blew them out. And then they played the Jags and won. So I I do think that the Broncos can win comfortably against the Jets. Uh, So now we have Cardinals, Raiders, Panthers, Broncos. And the last team I have winning, which would... and, And two teams that are undefeated actually play each other, so one of them has to lose. Now... I might get a lot of hate for saying this, but I do think the Bucks beat the Rams. Uh, I think it's going to be an absolutely amazing matchup. This is a probably the matchup I'm looking forward to most this week. But the Bucks on every level are just firing all cylinders, dude. All cylinders. They look fantastic on both sides of the ball. Brady is destroying Father Tom right now. It's insane what he's doing. I've mentioned it many, many times. And the defense, the defense just looks good as usual. But I'm not going to discredit the Rams. This is probably the, both of the, the losses I have could very, very well be wins. And then the Bucks end up obviously not being undefeated anymore. But I just like the Bucks more in this one. I see... I see no flaws with the Bucks, and, and that sounds crazy, but realistically, I don't. I don't see any flaws. They have so many weapons on offense. They have a defense with a lot of young superstars, uh, Devin White, and, and you know they have plenty of cornerbacks who you wouldn't think are good, but actually are very good. But the team, the team as a whole, is just playing way too well right now to lose. And and same with the Rams. The Rams are playing uh, amazing as well, but they did only win by three against the Colts. So I do think there's cause for some concern there, but I'm gonna take the Bucks in this one. I just I can't see that I can't see them losing. I just can't. So the Bucks are the last team I have going undefeated, and obviously the Rams are going to lose this week. At least that's what I believe. 
And then the other team losing their undefeated streak. I think Aaron Rodgers is angry. He is mad. He is tired of hearing all the all the jokes, rumors, blah, blah, blah. He hates it. He hates it a lot, and he wants to prove everyone wrong after week one against the Saints. He obliterated the Lions last night, and now he plays the 49ers, who are undefeated. So I do believe the 49ers are going to lose this week. They just suffered multiple injuries at running back. Brandon Ayuk has yet to break out quite yet. Uh, There's some concern with his professional attitude and so on. And the only bright spot has been Debo Samuel. George Kittle has been relatively quiet. So yeah, I, I just the, I, I think that the 49ers could put up a fight simply because their defense is, is very, very good. But I just see the Packers winning. I, I, I can't. I'm just going with the Packers. I That's my reasoning. I think the 49ers have just sustained way too many injuries. And some things just aren't clicking on offense. Garoppolo does not look very good either. Got to throw that out there Well, as well. Is it Trey Lance time quite yet? I just want to put it out there. Just want to put it out there. But the undefeated segment has concluded. The Cardinals will win. The Raiders will win. The Panthers will win. The Broncos will win. And the Bucks will win. And the teams taking the losses will be the Rams and the 49ers. And we will check back in next week to see if I'm accurate on those. And to conclude this episode, we have our locked in and upset picks. Last week, I went two for two. Little pat on the back right here. Uh, It was my first week doing it because obviously it was the first episode of the season. I had the Rams lock against the Colts. Obviously, that was a close matchup, but I still did get it right. The Rams defeat the Colts. And I am very, very proud of my Raiders upsetting the Steelers pick, which they they did. So I am now two for two, and I'm going to uh, continue to see what my record is uh, throughout the season. So right now I'm 2-0. and And I went very, very risky with my picks this week, but both are very doable. Uh, so first of all, my locked-in pick. And when I do my locked-in picks, I don't want to pick, like, like obvious, like I don't want to pick it. Like if the Bucks were playing the Jags, I'm not gonna pick the Bucks to be my locked in. Like I just feel like that's so boring. I want to spice it up, be, be a little creative with it. So I have the Browns versus Bears. I do think the Browns come out with a victory. The Bears are in a very weird state right now. I think Justin Fields is about to start because Andy Dolan's hurt. He had a knee injury. Uh, but I think the Browns take this game. I think it's going to be more of a defensive matchup between the two teams, but I am going to take the Browns with my locked-in pick. And for my upset, I didn't see really a lot of, like, crazy, realistic upset wins. Uh, However, I do have an in-division rival matchup that could very well turn into an upset. The Chargers at the Chiefs. Now, it's likely not going to happen, especially after the Chiefs lost to the to the Ravens in such heartbreaking fashion this past week. But I do think that the Chargers have a chance to upset. Uh, The Chargers also lost in a heartbreaking fashion uh, due to a lot of really stupid flags and penalties that absolutely saved the Cowboys. Uh, It was probably the worst officiated game I've seen in the past year. Kind of crazy. 
it had they've been that, that officiating crew has been called out on all social media platforms. It was terrible, to say the least. It was terrible. But I do think after two heartbreaking losses, I think both teams are looking to redeem themselves this coming week. Uh, it's going to be a really good matchup regardless. Uh, the Chiefs will most likely win, but I wanted to pick an upset that, that is very... It's possible. It's definitely possible. The whole point of an upset is that they are not supposed to win. But I'm taking the Chargers. Uh, Justin Herbert has looked relatively good this year. Austin Eckler as well. Keenan Allen has touched 100 yards two different times now. Mike Williams has looked also very solid. Hopefully his health can stay uh, consistent because he is prone to getting hurt. The defense has, has also looked decent, so... Uh, I'm taking the Chargers, so my locked in, Browns versus Bears, upset Chargers at Chiefs. That is going to conclude this episode. It has been fun talking to you guys about week two of the NFL, and we are moving into week three. I will catch you guys next week, and I just have one question. Are you down to football? 